Hey guys, do we give true intention telegraphing enough credence when we're reviewing how we perform customer service for companies? Well, let's uh, stick with this. We're going to dive into these telegraphing waters for a few short minutes. Thanks. Hey guys, Jeff Mason, SimpleBiz360.com, SimpleBiz360, the podcast. I'm your host today, and we're going to have just some fun talking about um, this whole idea of telegraphing customers. So grab a cup of coffee, a cup of tea, whatever your favorite beverage is, and, and let's stick around for a few minutes here. Now, anybody who played baseball or plays baseball understands that sometimes pitchers right? They can telegraph what pitch they're throwing. So as baseball players, we learn how to pick up on this telegraphing. And and it it might be the motion, it might be the grip, it might be the look the pitcher's given, it might be, you know, the, the way they're too much time they're spending with their hand in their mitt. It could be a number of things, but you learn how to pick up what's coming. And boy, if you know the curveball is coming and you can get ready for it and you can hit the curveball or you can hit the change up where, and you're not looking for the fastball, um, things can change. And so this is an art that is out there. Well, you know, think about that in business. Are we doing the same thing? Our buyers, our consumers understanding what we're telegraphing them do they see read do they have the ability to read between the lines because they're picking up the telegraphing signals oh you bet they do and if we sit here and negate that and don't understand that well enough we uh, probably aren't doing our businesses justice so just Sit back and, uh, you know, again, listen to some of uh, just these questions and some of these situations, and I'm sure you'll chuckle over a few of them, but just think about this and in, through the lens of telegraphing what really are the true intentions. The stern face on the restaurant host or hostess. Hello, uh, how many are there? Four, okay, um, follow me. Hmm, what, what the heck's that all about, right? The banker who never makes eye contact, right? Hey, I'm looking for a new bank. Okay, have a seat. So um, what are you looking for? And, you know, the whole time I'm there for 20 minutes, they never even look at me in the eye. I'm not doing banking with you. I have no interest. If you have no interest in looking me in the eye, you know, scratch it. So uh, the financial advisor that has not used the customer's name in five years, seriously, you know, your financial advisor working on a $400,000, not $800,000, $1.4 million portfolio. And you're not calling that person by the name Jeff or Jeff Mason or Mr. Mason. I mean, you know, I, I would switch gears a lickety split. The sales rep that constantly interrupts you, right? The customer service rep that talks over you during issue resolution, cuts you off, just talks condescending, talks over, oh, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, I do this every day and this is, you know, it's a feeling you're getting, right? Um, The vendor that constantly checks their smartphone as you're asking them questions. Uh, you know, hey, I got a couple questions for you. I mean, I was in a doctor's office once. Very delicate situation uh, in a doctor's office. And, you know, just something that happened to our family. And uh, I asked to see the doctor. They let me in. Couldn't make eye contact. We couldn't be bothered. Multitasking as I'm standing there. And I finally said, excuse me, doctor, can you please stop what you're doing and listen to me? Okay, sure, I could listen to you. Well, I don't care, dude. Something traumatic happened, and I want you to give your full undivided attention to my questions about this traumatic experience. So, you know, bag your little routine looking through your drawers and doing your paperwork, dude. 
You know, I mean, this is just horrible when people do this, but they do it, right? So how about the vendor uh, who doesn't call back for seven days and then never apologizes when they do? Oh, hey, yeah, I got your message a week ago. Yeah, what's up? What can I do for you? Really? <laughs> Holy smokes, that's your approach? The company that always seems to blame shift and never own fault. What about those companies, right? They're always like, you know what? Okay, I understand what you're saying, but here's what happened. You know, this guy did it. I gave it to him, and he screwed it up, and I can't, you know, blah, blah, blah. And we hear this over and over and over, right? seems like a rerun from a TV program we've seen. You know, it's a reality show we've seen. It's just stupid, but it happens all the time. Um, You know, your manager, right? How about your manager who you work for? You've worked for him for years. And they've never asked you about your family, your weekend, your personal life. They could care less. What message are they sending? Are you just a, are you just a name on a ledger sheet, or do they really give two hoots about you as an employee, right? Or the coffee shop. I love this one. You know, the coffee shop that you walk in, you've got six or seven people behind the counter, and they're all moving around, and you're standing there, and one minute goes by, then a customer comes in behind you, and they stand behind you, and they wait, and then we wait for a minute, two, three, four, and then we turn to each other and go, wow, can you believe this? I mean, there's six of them, and nobody's even said hello to us. I mean, we're invisible to them. And then finally, at the fifth minute, oh, you know, somebody wipes their hand. Yeah, okay, what, what can I get you? I mean, dude, I've been here for five minutes. Wake the heck up. Seriously, <laughs> you know, or how about the retail employees you go in and you're, you walk into a place and they're having this spirited discussion and, you know, somebody's, you know, get, you know, and they're sitting there and one minute goes by, two minutes go by, three minutes go by, and they're still embroiled in this discussion. You're invisible again. And you say, excuse me, could you guys possibly talk about that later? I, I you know, I got a busy day. I'm, I'm here to, to buy something possibly. And I need you to answer some questions first. So now you've got to ask them to service you, right? almost feel like you're an interruption or, or how about that, um, you know, that, that vendor that explains to you what caused the order problems. And it's this seven minute, you know, winding tale of woe story. And I'm sorry, when you've got an issue and you want it resolved, nobody wants to hear seven minutes of this garbage that, you know, everybody else and their brothers getting blamed. And again, these are just things in my life. I'm just drawing from personal experiences that these things have happened to me. It happened to me over and over. The coffee shop thing, oh my goodness. That's happened to me dozens of times, literally dozens of times. I mean, you know, I, I, I mean, I probably spent for many years of my life $2,000 on coffee a year based on all my travel, you know, and I've walked into a lot of coffee shops and that that's horrible, but it happens more often than not. So, you know, how about, how about establishment bathrooms where you go in and there's no soap, you're hitting the thing, bang, 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 gosh, you're trying to just peel off whatever residues on the bottom. Do I get enough soap? I can actually put some water on it and make some soap. Um, you're looking around, am I, it was just not the right soap container. Did they have soap containers on the counter? No, oh, no paper towels, no hand dryers. Oh my gosh, look at that garbage can. There's, you know, 30,000 paper towels in the garbage can and paper towels all over the floor. And you're like, when's the last time any did anybody hit this bathroom to, to fix it? Or I, I went into a hotel, really ritzy hotel a couple of weeks ago. And they're all having a manager's meeting in the lobby. So they're all talking about what they got to do different. I'm walking by, kind of just picking up some of the dialogue. You know, there's, there's a cheerleader there that's kind of leading them on. And I walk into the men's room and there's four, there's four dispensers for soap. None of them have soap. None of them. They're all bone dry. 
Now, how long have they been bone dry? And you know, you know how that works, right? You go to one, oh, you go to the other, oh, you go to the third, oh, that one works. Well, I went to all four, and there's no paper towels. The, the thing hasn't been emptied in days or day. And I'm like, uh, I just said, hey, guys, I uh, just want to let you know there's no soap in the bathroom. Oh, Jimmy, could you get on that right away? I mean, come on. You guys can't walk in your own bathrooms and just see the state of affairs. And But again, this is just, you know, what kind of messages are we sending that that your soap and your paper towels just aren't important enough to us for us to focus on it? I mean, I guess, right? Your, your health and hygiene, you know, it's not really on top of mind for us. So, you know, wrapped in these scenarios is telegraphing that communicates an anti-customer mindset. And whether we know it or not, or whether we want to admit it or not, these scenarios set up the possibility for the one-and-done customers. They roll the red carpet out for the silent business killer. They uh, damage the ability to get repeat and referral customers. And, you know, there's easy suggestions to, to implement health, you know, growth-oriented, healthy things um, that we could be installing instead. So again, kind of a, a more kind of, you know, um, riding the coattails of last week's show, if you will, in a little bit, but examine your CSR elements and mechanics. Take a look at them, put them on paper. Have you ever really written down the steps of your customer service? Like if you're in a hotel and you've got somebody who welcomes guests in, have you ever broken that down in an Excel sheet? What are the 13 steps that that person goes through? I don't know, it might sound absolutely foreign to you and trite to you to do so, but why don't you do it sometime and actually see what you don't need to do or what you're missing and you need to do. But there's some things there that, you know, and what about the smile? You know, what about telegraphing that smile? You're the host or hostess and you have a family walk into the restaurant. Oh, hello. Thank you so much for coming in tonight. Um, let's see if we, is it a table for four or six? Rather than, hi, um, how many, how many? Four. Okay, follow me. I mean, really? I mean, right off the bat, you're just starting it off wrong. And I got to believe that, you know, that 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 comes from the top down in a lot of cases. So, you know, they're probably not treated all that well is my suspicion. And they're not treating you that well. And the whole thing is just set up for disaster. And sure enough, you leave the restaurant and you go, wow, that was kind of a lackluster meal. You know, it was the service was horrible. I had to keep asking for water and trying to find my waitress and waiter. And you know, it's just, you know, so it goes on and on. Think about the perceptions that your customer service elements cast. Are they favorable or unfavorable perception builders? You know, what are they? Um, and if you discover negative counter customer satisfaction service um, in your elements of, of your components of, of service, then we encourage you to change it. I mean, it's, it, you know, and you, you can. And, and once you change it, train it. You've got to train your people on how to make, execute those changes and then bake it into the DNA of your company. Make sure it's part of your training process going forward. It's part of your review process. It's part of your um, package on, you know, how we are going to go about treating customers. And again, just keep remembering that we do telegraph. We may not know it. We may not want to come to grips with it, but... Our actions, our body language, our the way we say things to people, it's not always so much 
what we say to people. It's how we say it. They're all telegraphing things. And certainly, if you've got a coffee shop and you've got people behind there for six or seven minutes, they're not helping one or two people in line. Holy smokes, somebody better get a grip on that because that's a disaster. Any rate, uh, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to have some fun today with a band called The Five Americans. Now, The Five Americans, uh, they were out of Durant, Durant, Oklahoma. They all met at Southeastern State College in Oklahoma, and they were, you know, in the the 60s, they were kind of a pop rock garage band that came up, and uh, sadly enough, there's only uh, one of the five uh, five Americans uh, left today and alive, but they came out with a tune called Western Union. And for those of you who don't know, Western Union was our old telegraph, uh, telegram service. And they were fooling around the guitar one day and they just were like, wow, that sounds like a telegraph key. You know, that sound that he's making from the guitar. So, wow, let's write a song called Western Union. And that's how they came up with Western Union. Um, 1967, it was a number five hit on the charts. And uh, hey, enjoy it. Western Union, the five Americans. And again, we always say, if you want to change the results of your business, we just invite you to make sure you take a look at the team of horses pulling the results card. That's your customer experience team of horses. And it's how they do business. So it's how you do business on the front side that determines, in many cases, the results on the back side. So you want to improve that back side? Improve the front side. So thanks again for tuning in. We're coming to you from Half Coast Studios. Matt Parker on the board, St. Louis, Missouri. And we say we will see you in 168 hours.